0: Welcome to the Mental Endurance Podcast. I'm Vanessa Forster, and I teach you how to build mental endurance to match your physical endurance. The result? A breakthrough performance without buying that next fancy bike, training more, or even racing more. You can train your mind like you train your body. Stick around to find out how. Hello athletes. How are you? Welcome to this episode of the Mental Endurance Podcast. I am freshly back to Bozeman after spending a week in Tucson, swimming, biking, and running outside. Before I left, I kept saying how excited I was to train outside in the sunshine, but we didn't actually end up having very sunny days. It would warm up by the afternoon, but it wasn't overly sunny until like the last day or two. And honestly, I think it was better for us coming from Bozeman, if we had gone straight into, say, 80 degree sunny days, I likely would have overheated on day one. I'm happy to report I did not overheat, and I actually managed my hydration well the entire week and never felt behind on it or dehydrated. So that is a win. My husband and I drove from Bozeman to Tucson to minimize our travel exposure and make it easier traveling with gear. I also brought my new gravel bike, which was so much fun. I am a road triathlete through and through. You can ask Danny. He tells me often that I'm a road athlete in a mountain town, and it's true. But since living in Bozeman, I've gotten even more into trail running. I picked up skate skiing, but it's always been in support of my road triathlon goals. So when the idea was floated to me of getting a gravel bike, I was hesitant. I was really, really hesitant. And I think Danny got the idea to fly easier with me because he pushed the fact that the bike can be converted into a road bike too. So getting a gravel bike didn't mean that I had to only be on gravel to ride it. And that's exactly what I actually needed to hear when I got it, when I got the bike, because I was worried. I was worried that it would take away from my triathlon training. I thought the specificity wasn't there. And so it wasn't as useful. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck in training ruts or burnt out in training cycles Because we're not willing to see beyond our familiar definitions of training. I used to think if it's not on the road, it's not good for me and my goals. And then I would train myself into the ground on the road, forcing a break because I was so burnt out. But really, there is space to add dynamics to your training if you're willing to find those opportunities. It may be more available during certain times of the year than others, like maybe not as close to racing, maybe more in the off season, but it's always there. And you know what? I'm only a week into using my gravel bike this year, and I can safely say this. Gravel riding is a very, very fun way to get in some time in the saddle. The views themselves are ones that you'd miss from the road, and the road services require you to be on your game, a lot like trail running. So it's quality work in bike handling. And, you know, coming from road, long course triathlon, you can make an argument for or against anything in your training why, say, gravel riding is helpful, or why or when it's not helpful, or maybe why trail running is helpful, or why and when it's not helpful. But I think ultimately, the real question is, are you having fun with it? Because the more fun you have, the more you're bought in. And the more bought in, the more you'll work for it, and the more it will ultimately support you achieving your goals. And actually before I'd even been on my gravel bike properly, Catherine from the Girls Gone Gravel podcast convinced me to sign up for a gravel race. And now I'm so excited that it's on my calendar this year. Gravel race and prep for Kona? I mean, come on. That's perfect. I can't wait. Speaking of races and racing... Racing is coming back here in North America very soon. When this podcast is released, it'll be a little less than three weeks out from Ironman 70.3 Texas and a little less than six weeks from Ironman 70.3 St. George. I've got two athletes racing Texas and then two athletes plus myself racing in St. George. And we are turning the dial on race-specific mental endurance training. See, everything you do in your daily training, physically and mentally, carries over to race day, of course. But it's important to increase the intensity, for lack of a better word, on your mental training in the weeks leading up to race day. Okay, so whether you're racing Texas 70.3, St. George 70.3, or sometime later this year, there always seems to be a certain level of fear that comes with early season racing or that first race of the year. It's almost like if we had a yearly allocation of (laughs) self-doubt, the majority of it would be allocated to these season openers. And the only reason for that is the expectations we put on ourselves. So when it comes to those expectations, I've narrowed it down to two primary types, and I wanna share what they are, how they show up, and what to do with them. But first and foremost, let's gain some clarity here. The word expectation is so interesting to me because it often comes with negative connotation. But here's the definition. It's an expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Second definition is a belief that someone will or should achieve something. So both definitions are relevant for our conversation here, but why do we often associate expectations as a bad thing? They don't have to be. What makes them bad is the weight you're putting on them and how that makes you feel. But both definitions begin with the same word, belief. So expectations are simply beliefs. And a belief is a thought you keep thinking over and over. So if you want to shift your expectations and not let them control you going into a race, you have to know what the thoughts are that make up the expectations you have of yourself. The other way to think about this is when was the last time you raced with no expectations? And how did you feel then? For me, it was so freeing. I can remember so clearly going into Coeur 70.3, I think it was almost five years ago now, and having my breakthrough race at that point in my career, because I worked on releasing the expectations before that race. Not only did I have a great race, I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I think the other way is true too. I enjoyed the hell out of it. So I had a great race. Okay. So back to those expectations. If you are unaware of what expectations you may have kind of lurking in the background, just ask yourself, what am I scared of? I think there are two that show up most often. The first is a fear of not being fit enough. What if you're not as fast as last time you raced there, or not as fast as at racing as you are in your training, or not as fit as you think you are, and therefore not fit enough to hit the goals you set for yourself? This seems to stem from what the training data is saying, or what you were able to hit in past years, but it's not from the data or the past race results. Be on to yourself if you're blaming something else for your doubt. Those doubts that seem to show up because the race is getting near, those doubts were always there. So just because the race is getting closer and closer, it's not like they're they're finally showing up or they're new. They were always there just under the surface, waiting for the most opportune time to show their faces, which of course, the most opportune time is racing. But that's also the highest stake time the time when there is more at stake for you, and the training you've put in. So knowing that, knowing that you're prone to wondering if you're fit enough at race time means you can work to tame those doubts before you get to race weekend. Now notice I said tame. We're in the business of making it our goal to tame, not eliminate those doubts. Because after all, you are still human at the end of the day. And that healthy human brain of yours is doing what it's designed to do when you're doubting yourself. Everyone from Olympians to back of the Packers experience doubt because we're all humans. We put our shoes on the same way and we all deal with our bully brains. So when we tame those doubts, that's the goal. When we tame those doubts, we make them less interesting. We spend less time entertaining them or giving them extra mental real estate. The expectations you have of yourself are beliefs you have about how something will happen or if you will achieve something. Why would you choose to question if you're fit enough? Why would you choose to believe you're not fit enough? What is the upside to believing that? And I'm just going to pretend like you're here and I'm answering for you. There's only one answer to that question, and it is absolutely nothing. It's a poor quality thought, always. So if and when that shows up for you in training, or as race day nears, decide instead that you are as fit as you need to be. As fit as you need to be at this point in the year, for this particular session or race. You are exactly where you need to be, as you are, without anything more. This will take you out of energy of inadequacy and inability, and into competence and capability, a much, much stronger energy to race from. Anytime you think you need more, more time, more training, more gear, you're taking yourself out of the present moment and all of what you have now at your disposal. You're devaluing what you have in favor of not enoughness, which ultimately creates more not enoughness. You are exactly where you need to be. If you are doing the work in your training, the hardest part is trusting that it is working. Trust yourself, Trust your training, trust your coach, trust that you are exactly where you need to be. The other expectation that shows up often is feeling rusty from racing. And I mean those like mechanical aspects of racing, buoy turns, transitions, aid stations on the bike, those aspects that maybe aren't trained as much. And when you have extended time away from racing, the effects seem to compound. So there is always the option to practice these in your training, to give yourself a bit of a peace of mind running through it before race day. It might not be a perfect recreation of race day, but it's something, if you want it. Alternatively, you can do what I do and what I encourage my athletes to do as well. Stop holding yourself to some unnecessary standard of perfection when you haven't done it in a while. If you haven't transitioned in a race atmosphere in several months, a year, over a year, What good does it do to add pressure to yourself? So for me, will my transitions be sloppy in St. George? A little sloppy? Probably. Will I do my best? Yep. Case closed for me. How much mental energy are you spending worried about how rusty you are from racing? Once again, focus on what you do have. Be focused and not sloppy and give yourself some grace as you get your feet back under you. Literally and figuratively. What if you're not rusty? You're simply getting your shine back. You're cleaning that rust off and it may take a race or two. Without the added pressure and stress, you'll actually perform at a higher level. As race day draws nearer and nearer, remember that your training is working and you are as fit as you need to be. Be on to yourself when that not enough shows up. Drop it like a bad habit, because it's exactly what it is. A bad habit of thinking. And remember that you're not rusty. You're finding your shine. And each race, you shine a little bit brighter. Separate from expectations, but still related to racing, I want to touch on this mentality of waiting to race to see how it goes, or waiting to race to see where my fitness is. To put it rather bluntly, stop that. (laughs) Don't do that. Imagine if that's how you approached a a process at work. So say you've put in all the work on the front end to learn the system and the process to troubleshoot if needed. You have other people on the team who are helping you get there. And then it's time to use this process with a new client. Would you just see how it goes? No, you would put your best effort forward knowing you put in all of the prep work and now it's time to put it to good use. If you approach anything in your life with a see-how-it-goes mentality, you will always get see-how-it-goes results. There is a difference between unnecessary high expectations and a commitment to an effort and making yourself proud. Choose the latter always. Okay, racing is coming back to North America. Are you ready? Turn up the heat. Let's go. Have a great week. I'll see you right here next week.
1: Hi folks, Sarah here, the founder of Live Feisty Media, the company that produces the podcast you're currently listening to. I just wanted to jump in here and invite you to our latest initiative here at Live Feisty, the Feisty Women's Performance Summit. On March 26th to 28th, we will be serving up a virtual summit like no other, designed specifically for active feisty women, or anyone who wants to know how women can get the best out of our bodies throughout our lives. I think we all kind of figured out by now that a lot of sports and nutrition science studies, product and performance research is done on men and are a little confused maybe about what actually applies to us as women. So we collected experts from several arenas, physiology, psychology, nutrition, science, and social sciences to get some answers. The Feisty Women's Performance Summit includes 20 educational sessions, plus networking events, group workouts, and an expo full of supportive brands. I seriously hope you can join us on March 26th to 28th, 2021. Tickets are only $149 and all sessions will be recorded and can be viewed up to two weeks after the event. For more information or to sign up, go to womensperformancesummit.com. The link will be in the show notes, of course. That's womensperformancesummit.com. See you there, feisty friends.
0: It seems like every day there's a new wellness trend. Eat that, do this, avoid those. Am I right? How do you know where to start? Or who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, your DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you with a personalized, science backed, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler cheaper and more convenient than traditional blood tests. Their blood tests include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D, and both are hugely important for us as athletes. My favorite part, they don't just give you the data. They provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action now. And for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering my listeners 25% off their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash mental endurance. Again, that's insidetracker.com slash mental endurance. Change is an inside job. Start inside. This podcast is a production of Live Feisty Media. And if you enjoy it, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. When you like and subscribe, it helps more people find it. And if you want even more juicy, actionable tips to help you train your mind weekly, you better get on my email list. When you sign up, you'll get my 10 triathlon truths your conventional tri-coach hasn't told you. So grab your copy and I'll drop other useful tips in your inbox weekly. Link is in the show notes.